Hello, people. Welcome to the 52nd show of Black History Month. Yes. And we'll talk about Prince, and we'll actually talk about his sixth studio album, and it's, it was also a movie, Purple Rain. Purple Rain, right. We're going to talk about the making of the album and the, the movie and give a little back history on and Prince. And Apollonia's tits. Apollonia's tits. Oh, they, were, they, were, they were beautiful, beautiful. Tits. I remember watching that. Purple Rain, yeah. and she just take off the she yep. goes like that. Yep, Great. yep, yep. And there's actually uh, some interesting points with the making of that movie where things were cut out. I'll get into that later. There's some Apollonia stuff that unfortunately got cut out. Oh, there was some yes. more dirty scenes. More dirty scenes. I yes. love it. Let's go. All right, Let's so get a little background on, on Prince. Uh, you know, my opinion is, is, is Prince is a musical genius. Yes. I think we all can agree on that. Uh, what I think he had... Other than being able to play like thirty different instruments, yeah. okay, he had this rebelliousness streak through him, especially yeah. early on, the first six or seven albums. And when I say six or seven, the guy had tons after that. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what, personally for me, when I was growing up, What's I, up, I, I, I kind of paid attention to him more than even my other friends did, because. You know, like I, I came from like a. I should suck last night. <laughs> yeah, Little Red Corvette was okay, Tiffany. But the rest just sucked. You're right. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's funny. I love that. He's a dick anyway. Doesn't he have herpes? No, he's all fucked up. Yeah, yeah he fucked up. Yeah, did he give some girl herpes or something? Anyway, um, I always felt that he, you know, Prince had this rebellious streak through him that I liked. He didn't give a fuck. Yeah. Okay. And, and I kind of liked that about him early on. Uh, I used to get my balls busted for, for liking Prince early on by my friends, you know, but I didn't care. Yeah. I, I could listen to anything. But you know yeah. what's funny about that? He got to the point with the record company that he didn't want to release normal record. He just went, he just went by the symbol. The symbol. The artist. And he did, it, he did it to get out of his contract and, you know, control over his music. Yeah. And, and, and one thing that, that up until the point when he died a couple of years ago, is online you could never listen to his music for free no uh, YouTube had nothing but since he's died that's exploded and it's oh, all yeah. out there anyway Prince was born Prince Rogers Nelson June 7th 1958 in Minneapolis yep now he's the son of a jazz singer a woman named Maddie Della and a pianist and songwriter named uh, John Lewis Nelson yep now he has a sister named Tyka who was born two years later in 1960 both had musical ambitions early on. Uh, obviously, with two musical parents, this was just going to happen. Uh, unfortunately, Prince had a, a very kind of sad childhood. Yeah, uh, his parents, his parents divorced when he was ten, and it kind of messed him up. Uh, his mother remarried shortly after. Um, he would bounce between his father's house and his mother's house, which, as you know, for a kid is not great. Yeah, it fucks him up. But, but uh, he, when his mother got remarried, she had a child, and uh, he didn't get along with the kid. And, and uh, even his, his stepfather uh, tried to get on with him. He took him to see James Brown Ooh. one time when he was a kid. And uh, that was a big moment for him. But, you know, he, he at one point, he left staying with his mother, went to his father, had a falling out with his father, and stayed with a friend. So there was always problems with him as a kid. Um, now, when I say he lived with somebody, it was actually a next-door neighbor named um, the Anderson family. And Andre Anderson was their son. Now, Andre 
uh, would collaborate musically with Prince later on. He became Andre Simone, and he collaborated with Prince between 78 and 81, writing songs and playing. Uh, in 1976, Prince made a demo with Minneapolis producer Chris Moon, which would become the debut album called For You, that was released in 1978. He had gotten signed to Warner Brothers. Now, Prince is credited with producing the whole album, arranging that whole album, composing that whole album, and played all 27 instruments on that album. Oh, yeah, I believe it. Prince is a musical genius. Not too many people have done stuff like that. One comes to mind is Paul McCartney on his first album. You want to hear something crazy where they asked Eric Clapton about, hey, you being one of the greatest guitarists, what do you think? He said, don't don't talk to me about the greatest guitarists, because the greatest guitarists that ever lived just died. about he, Prince. He was talking about Prince. He thought Prince was one of the greatest guitarists yeah. of all time. Yeah. He's definitely up there. He's definitely the top five, I think. I mean, and, and not just that. He was a great drummer. Yeah. Too. Uh, and, and he, you know, would have these protégés later on in life. Sheila E., yeah. Apollonia, Vanity, oh, yeah. uh, Morris Day, all that stuff that went into Purple Rain. You know, but was influenced by Prince that, um, like Bruno Mars, where he came out there from the Super Bowl. Yeah. So that's one of the best. And when he did the drum, it was like yeah. it was like Prince was dead with yeah. him doing yeah. the drums. <laughs> yeah. I think Prince was still alive at that point, was right? He I, I think he was. Yeah, it was, it was a while back already. Now, um... He he wrote every song on that first album except a song called Soft and Wet, and it was written by uh, Chris Moon with him. Now, the album got to number 92 on the Hot 100 Billboard charts, but Soft and Wet, the single, actually got to number 12 on the Hot Soul single chart. This was 1978. Now, in 79, uh, he would hit it big with his second album, just called Prince, and it got to number 22 in the Billboard Top 200. Went platinum right away because of the single "I Want to Be Your Lover." Good song. Yeah, and that got to number eleven on the charts in the Hot 100, and got to number one on the Soul charts. I remember him going on uh, American Bandstand with that, and yeah, he was like a weird-looking dude, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, 1980 was when I kind of first became more aware of him. Uh, It was uh, an album he released that year called "Dirty Mind." Now. What you have to talk about with this album is it was a departure from the last two. Yeah. He was, you know, you could listen to those first two albums. They're like very R&B, soul sounding, um, some elements of pop. But Dirty Mind was a break from that. He was he was going to have, uh, first of all, the themes are all sexual. Yeah. Okay. Over the top. Yeah. And uh, over the top. Yeah. And, uh, but musically it would vary. I mean, there's songs on there that are almost new wave-ish. Uh, a lot of keyboard-driven stuff, um, funky kind of beats, uh, you know, everything from funk to R&B to new wave was kind of thrown in that in that album. The style was changing. This was like a breakthrough album. Almost, but it, but every was song was a little bit different, yeah. okay? Um, but he's showing people he had a different range. He could go from here to this and that. Yeah. And he was like, holy shit, did he... Cause, and Prince album goes anywhere from being a rock album well, to a soul album exactly, to like exactly. And, so and one, thing, one thing that he always had a point of contention with Warner Brothers through the whole time he was with them, especially early on, was that he didn't want to be categorized. If anything, he wanted to be in the rock category. Yeah. And they wanted to put him in the R&B category. And it, he didn't just want to be known for that. Because, you know, he, he would do interviews with, um, you know... Uh, R&B magazines or 
you know, radio stations I and think things. The only and he would that t- was because he, he was black. That's the well, yeah. They wanted to put him yeah. there. He could get yeah. with the black oil, but yeah. he was. But he was he was, he was of a mixed ba- he was of a mixed background. Yeah. Uh, his family actually have a Creole background from Louisiana. So you got white, you got black, probably some Hispanic in there, yeah, you know, all kinds of stuff. But French in there, right? And, but um, the guy's a fucking giraffe. <laughs> I mean a zebra. A zebra. <laughs> zebra. George zebra, Jefferson. George Jefferson. <laughs> Oreo cookie. But uh, he um, he, he would be asked by you know R and B stations, well, what do you listen to? And they would expect him to say the latest R and B. But he would say, you know, oh, I listen to Abbey Road every day you know, from Road. the Beatles. Yeah. You know, so he was he was into all different kinds of shit. Um, now, personally, with me. That imagery on the on the Dirty Mind album, like you got him, he's the, the black and white cover, he's wearing a trench coat and he's got like a speedo on it. It's yeah. like you know, I you know a lot of people saw that as like, what the fuck, what the fuck, and and you know is he gay? Is he yeah. straight? Uh, you know what kind of what's he into? What's the what the raincoat about? Because even in 1980, if you wore a raincoat, that was like synonymous with being a pervert. Oh, being gay. Being gay. Maybe. It was, Weird. You know, yeah, yeah, it was just weird, and uh, he had this totally different sound, very, very catchy. The song "Dirty Minds" catchy as hell. Yeah, um, I, I always felt the imagery, especially on that album, was more rebellious than sexual. Maybe I'm crazy, but I always felt it was more like he was saying, "Like fuck you, I, I am, I am who I am." Yeah, I know. think that's what like, I, he wasn't defined like sexual. He didn't define. He didn't know if the guy was. A lot of people thought he was a cupcake. You know? I, I, to this day, I don't was, know. He, I, he yeah. banged a bunch of beautiful women. He was with some very beautiful women I mean, in his like, life. He, yes. uh, in some, and his music, I always felt, was some of the most autobiographical music I've ever heard. Yeah. Uh, really just sang very plainly, especially the early albums, plainly about different things, conversations he would hear, or, or, or sometimes he got political. Uh, sometimes he would be... You know, with love songs, but these were all things that you could relate to because he spoke very plainly. Do you ever seen the uh, George Harrison um, tribute uh, show the, where he plays? Um, oh, like, at the uh, garden yeah, after Harrison died. Yeah, yeah they did that song. Um, dun, 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 it's, I think it's, I think it's dun, while my guitar gently weeps. While my guitar the Beatles song. And yeah. he played that shit. Oh yeah, it was fantastic. He, he was shredding. He on went that. with the guitar, and then he gets to the point he just throws the guitar in the air. Yeah. But what a great rendition of that song. Right. That was right. incredible. Right. Now, Dirty Mind's got some crazy-ass songs on it. Yeah. Yes. It's the title track, he's got a song on there called Head. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> What's that about? Okay. Prince, Prince, and, 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 and he's also got a song right after Head. It segues into it called Sister. Yeah. And it's about banging your sister. Yeah. He's out of his mind. October of 81, uh, and, you know, prolifically he's putting out so many albums, but October of 81... He would release the Controversy album. Uh, he went on tour with that album, with the Stones. Okay, uh, He did three shows opening for the Stones uh, on the uh, Tattoo You album tour. And uh, basically had to leave the tour because he would get thrown shit at him every night for three nights in a row. People were throwing trash at him. They were throwing rocks at him. They whatever. didn't know how to... Uh, you know, that was kind of a time when you... you we're either into disco, R&B, or you're into rock and roll. It didn't come together too much. Even though the Stones, which, I mean, it's hypocritical because the Stones 
at that point had Miss You under their belt, Emotional yeah. Rescue under their belt. Yeah. These were disco songs. They were, they, they were disco songs. I don't care how you slice it. So if they were playing those songs and they just didn't like Prince for whatever reason, um, that album would get to number three on the Billboard R&B charts. Yeah. So he was riding pretty high at that point. Now, it would also get to number 70 on the Billboard charts. And number uh, the, that would be the sorry the single controversy would get to number seventy on the Billboard charts, but it would also get to number three on the U.S. R&B. So he was making headway in the R&B community yeah. way better than the the regular rock and pop community. Yep. Uh, there's a song on there called "Wish You Were Mine" that was released as a single, got to number one hundred four, but it went to number nine on the U.S. R&B charts. Now you might remember this song because about two years later. I think 1984, it was covered by Cindy Lauper. Yep. On the on the She's So Unusual yeah. multi platinum album. Yep. And she did a good job on it. She pretty much does it the same way. Yeah. And she had like a, a little bit of a minor hit with it as well. Um, now, uh, you know that album controversy deals with a lot of questions people were asking him. Uh, like on the title track, you know, there's the lyric, like, you know, am I black or white? Am I yeah. gay or straight? Yeah. You know, and people asking that of them. And uh, there's also a song on there called Jack You Off, which we all know what that is. Uh, he would be a little bit political. He has a song called Ronnie Talk to Russia. And it's just about Reagan. Should, yeah. talk, should talk to Russia before we have a nuclear war. Um, which he actually did. Mr. Gorbachev yeah. take down the yeah. wall. Yeah, he would. He would. Uh, that was also the first time that he got uh, kind of synonymous with the color purple Yeah. on that album. Now, that whole album would actually make it to number 55 on the U.S. charts, the top 200. So it was doing well. Uh, late 1982, same year, he would release the 1999 double album. Now, that would be a big hit. Yeah. And it would go to 3 million copies. And the 1999 single was the first top 10 international hit that was a great that was a great song very good song Little Red Corvette I always love that one uh, was a top 10 single and that got heavy rotation on MTV he had uh, videos earlier on there's videos from the Controversy album and the Dirty Mind album and I think there's a video for uh, stuff off the Prince album this is the album that actually took over Little Red Corvette and I remember those videos but they had heavy 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 rotation heavy rotation they also played them in Friday Night Video and um, Video Music Box U68 U68 had all that was playing it all the time Um, the album it continued with kind of a funk R&B new wave theme that he had going back to Dirty Mind those three in a row Dirty Mind Controversy and 1999 uh, there was a song called International Lover on there that actually got Grammy, Grammy nominated as a single. Yep. Didn't win, but he got nominated. He was getting recognized. Yep. Um, at that point, he actually had a band name. And people forget, if you look at the 1999, the, the numbers on the album cover, uh, in the, I think in the Prince Eye in Prince, it says, End the Revolution. End the Revolution. That's when he first used that. Uh, right now, that band was Lisa Coleman on keyboards, Dr. Fink on keyboards. He was the guy that wore the surgical mask and the doctor's yeah. outfit. Right, Bobby Z was on drums, uh, Brown Mark on bass, Des Dickerson, who'd yep. been with him for a while, yep. on guitar, uh, Jill Jones on backing vocals. Now, after 1999, Des Dickerson, who'd been with him for a few albums, would leave the band. Yeah, and this is like a 
classic fuck up, really, because yeah. he was about to break the world open break the world, after yeah. this. But he did leave because of religious reasons. Uh, he became a born again Christian, and he just didn't want to do those like sexual songs. But um, but didn't Prince at the end of his almost life he became a Jehovah Witness? I think he always I think he was brought up a Jehovah Witness, yeah, and he got he, went back to yeah, it or something like that. Yeah, yeah, but. I don't think that stopped him from too many things. <laughs> okay. Um, now, Des Dickerson would leave the band, and they would get Wendy Melvoin. Okay, she would replace. So now you had that Lisa and Wendy combination. Yeah. Now, early 1980s, um, in the early 1980s, Prince had asked his management to get him a movie role. He wanted to get into the movie business. And, and a starring role not a, yeah. uh, he didn't want to start with a co-starring he no, wanted to star wanted in his own movie okay now at the time he really didn't have much exposure other than musical yeah. and it's hard to make that jump so you know his management was looking okay but you want to hear something funny when that movie was being made MTV put it on on, like, on display like MTV yeah, when put they it were out making there it. were making it yep I do remember that and they yeah. also even when they did they, they did like a release party it was like, like the thing was televised live outside MTV they were interviewing all the stars yeah. and they were getting reaction to it so I think that, I think this was the first movie that was made by the MTV generation they were like yeah we yeah. want to go out and see that movie I'll, I'll, I'll concede that definitely yeah. man I mean, that, that sounds accurate yeah I don't recall any other movie before that getting such attention from MTV no that, that you gotta remember that movie it. came out in 84 MTV ruled the world in 84 yeah it, it did you know yeah. I think that was the first year they had the video music awards it was yeah. like gigantic you couldn't get away from it no you couldn't now um, during the 1999 tour Prince was working on the concept of this film that he wanted to do yeah uh, he had a team of uh, his management team was Robert Cavallo, Joseph Ruffalo, and Stephen Fognoli. Okay, yeah. now they hired a guy named William Blinn to write the script. William Blinn was a guy who did a lot of TV, did a lot of Starsky and Hutch episodes, yeah. a lot of different shows. He also got an Emmy for his work on Roots. Yes. He was involved in the writing of that. Um, Basically, the idea was it was going to be semi-autobiographical. Yeah, it was definitely right. semi-autobiographical. originally wrote a very dark script. Yeah. Okay? It was not the film that you see today. There are elements of it, but this script would be, you know, uh, tweaked and tuned up and changed that there were a lot of things taken out of it to kind of make it a little bit of a nicer... I don't want to say family movie because it's not, but, it's not but, but it was rated R. But it was rated R, yeah. but 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 it was R, right? Yeah, it was yeah. R rated. Yeah, but I think it was well, much. You saw, uh, yeah, you Appen saw the breasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Breath, of that's, automatic. that's it. Right, right, right. Yeah. R, especially back then, because they didn't have the PG thirteen. No, they didn't. They didn't at that point. You were either PG or you were R. They, they brought in. Uh, they were looking for a director, and they brought in Albert Magnoli to direct it but when he got this script he said we gotta change some things yeah. so he wrote it and he made it a little bit of a lighter film yeah. and originally Prince Protégé Vanity was gonna star in the movie alongside him yeah. uh, he had a group with her called Vanity 6 uh, Vanity do you remember the remember the song she had around that time yeah Pretty mess. Yeah, pretty mess. Such a pretty mess yeah. on my dress. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, yeah. But that was she was beautiful. That was short lived. Yeah, very short lived. Uh, that Vanity Six project didn't last. That was his girlfriend for a while. Yeah, you know. Um, 
she quit to become a born again Christian yeah. right around when they were getting ready to start shooting the movie. So they had to scramble and look for another actress. Um, they offered the role originally to Jennifer Beals, who had just done Flashdance, yeah. and uh, she turned it down because yep. she wanted to go back to college. Yep. So that's what she did. Um, they ended up settling on Apollonia Cotero. She was an unknown actress that Prince had just seen on a Saturday morning show called Tales of the Gold Monkey yeah. that used to be on. Do you remember that show? It was only on like yeah. for a, ye- yeah, a year yeah. or something. Yeah. You know, She's in like one episode and yeah. he, he thought she was perfect. Um, some interesting things about the movie. Every character in the film is named after the actor playing them except Prince and his parents. Yeah. Okay, so like you got Morris Day. His name is Morris. Yeah. Apollonia is Apollonia. Everybody yeah. has their own name that's done, that's acting. Because they were pretty much doing, it was like a holographic, it was like a bio, um, a bio, like it was like an actual bio flick. It was, it was, a, it was a bio his, flick because yeah. it took place in, uh, in uh, Minneapolis. Yeah. All right. You had the First Avenue Club. Oh. Okay. I got I got to tell you a funny story about First Avenue. You've been there, right? Yeah, so the first time I went to Minnesota, I was there a few days. I've been to Minnesota, but the first time I went, I was um I was I had the bar cheap shots. I go to First Avenue. There's a huge line. And I walk up to the bar. I say, hey, I'm from um I'm from uh, I Bush. I work from Broadway. They said they had a problem with the tap line. <laughs> and the guy the even question, "Okay, come in." And I oh. went in. And I went <laughs> There you go, man. That's, that's great. The way I got cut into, the line. I cut the line and got into a first habit. What a what a unique club. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard good nice things club, about it. I've nice never club. I've never been there. I've been there like twice. Anytime I go there, I try to go in there and just hang out. They always have like live music and stuff. Yeah. A lot of bands. Well, I mean, a lot and of bands went through there. I mean, you had you know Minnesota bands that I like, other than Prince. I like Who's Could Do yeah. and the Replacements. They all played there. Yeah, you know. Um, now, some of the darker sequences that had to be removed was uh, there was a scene where uh, Prince and Apollonia have sex in a barn, okay? They cut that out. It was too raunchy. Um, now, he would bring that, that scene up in the song Raspberry Beret. Right. Remember that? Because yeah. he says we went out by Old Man Johnson's farm. Yeah. You know? And then also uh, there's a scene when Apollonia 6, it's not Vanity 6 anymore in the movie, it's Apollonia 6. Yeah. Uh, there's like a rehearsal scene which is in the movie but there's another part where Morris Day shows up and, and, and the kid who is Prince the character the kid actually like fights him physically okay, they get into a big fight at that rehearsal um, Warner Brothers felt the film was like kind of ridiculous okay when they looked at it but everybody you know there was some discussions internally and they said alright we're going to put this out so it came out July 27th, 1984. Uh, most of the photography was done in Minneapolis, yeah. in the Minnesota area right there. Uh, a couple of scenes were done in L.A. But, um, for instance, the, the, the scenes um, in First Avenue were done over a 25-day period where they closed the club. And the club got paid $100,000. <laughs> That's beautiful. That good gig, right? Um, now, a little interesting topic here. What's, a, what's a, a big thing in the movie you remember? The motorcycle, right? Yeah, the motorcycle. Now, do you know what kind of bike that was? No, what kind of bike? All right. It was, it was, it was a Honda-matic Honda. 
customized CM400A. Wow, a Honda? It was a Honda. Jesus Christ. I yeah. can't even think of it. Was, think it looked like a Honda, but it didn't have the Honda name on it. He had it all customized with his but print stuff on like it. it looked like one of those speed bikes. It looked like a bike bike. Yeah. Yeah. Bike, you yeah. Know? yeah, yeah. It was just customized for that. Because it's even the cover of the album and everything. Yeah. On top that, of the bike. that bike, I think, is it in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? It might be. Or it's somewhere. It's, that bike, I think, traveled around to different places. Because I, I remember one time, I think I saw it in Atlantic City. Yeah? Yeah, they, they, they've they had it around. It's you know who might have the bike right now? Maybe the rock, the Hard Rock. They're the kind of people that one, would buy one something One of the like Hard that. Rocks, yeah. 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 Now, the film made $68 million. That's a commercial success total at that time. Worldwide, despite getting some mixed reviews when it opened up. Oh, they got shitting on the reviews. The reviews yeah, I remember, I remember some of the reviews being bad, some being okay. But it didn't stop anybody because it's a fun movie. It is a fun movie. You know, even watching it today, I've watched it maybe in the last year. And it's 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 a fun movie still to watch. Uh, some of it you kind of cringe and go, oh, God. Yeah, you know, but, this is but, awful. <laughs> yeah, you know, but, but, you know, at the time there was nothing like that. And, no. and, and he was such a unique character. You know, could a guy like Prince make it today, you think? That's a good question, right? I think he could still make it today. I think now he would even be more popular with the kind of people, the way people are. I mean, the sexual yeah. kind of thing? I yeah, but I, 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 I don't know if he would have the control over his music. Nah, he would not have control. See, so that, that would, would hurt, the, that would, that would hurt the creativity, right? I yeah. would think. You but know. Prince is like Madonna. They're going to be popular regardless. But... Yeah, but if you think about when he first started, yeah. Warner Brothers was letting him kind of do what he yeah. wanted. That mentality doesn't exist anymore in no. the music business. So these people, they either get the one hit and they disappear yeah. or they carry on, but you're kind of like stuck with the record company telling you what to do. You know? Um, some of the songs on the soundtrack, okay, now we all know Let's Go Crazy. That actually got to number one as a single. Take Me With You, The Beautiful Ones, uh, Computer Blue, Darling Nikki, When Doves Cry, that went to number one. That was the first single Remember off the Remember that video, there was the controversy in the bubble that was the tip of his dick in the bubble? Yes. That was the big... I forgot about they that. They were talking yeah. about that shit on TV. I couldn't even remember that yeah, shit. Yeah, so yeah, funny. yeah, yeah. Uh... I Would Die For You and Purple Rain, that song would get to number two as a single. Um, there were some extra hits, actually, on that. Uh, the only songs on the soundtrack were Prince songs. Yeah. But, you know, Morris Day had a, a short-lived career, basically, yeah. based off that. Yeah. Uh, the song Jungle Love, the song Jungle The Bird. Love, the Bird. Oh, the Bird, oh, right. That uh, was a great song. Even yeah. the, when they performed that in the movie, it was great. Yeah, because they're, like, going like yeah, this and everything. Yeah, again, was, all the, all the, syn- the syncopated dancing. Um, and Apollonia 6 had a song with Sex Shooter. Yeah. Okay? Which I think was originally a Vanity 6 it song. It was a Vanity I think six, they both they did it. change it. Yeah. Now, Prince is the third artist in history behind Elvis and the Beatles to have a number one album, a number one single, and a number one film in the U.S. all at the same time. I don't know if it's ever happened again since. I don't think so. But no. I can think of. But no. Maybe. If it has, somebody let me know. Which but, one? Who? The Beatles? The Beatles and Elvis did it. Yeah, they, they, they had the number one movie and they had the number one single album. And, I mean, and single. Film. And they had that, yeah, they only those two Album, single, and film. Yeah. 
I think I don't think who else who else could have done. I can't that. think of anybody since. There might be somebody I miss. I don't really pay attention you know, to stuff Jackson like that. Michael Jackson took out his uh, movie Moonrug. That movie then wasn't that successful. I think. I don't think it was a number one film nah. at the same time as the album and things like that. But the Prince movie people actually were anticipated. Like it was like like I tell you, it was a pretty much. A MTV, they were looking forward to it. MTV pretty much promoted the shit I did. There was commercial every few minutes. Yeah. Prince, uh, Purple Rain's coming out. They would have vaccine interview right. of the filming of the movie right. shit. So I, I totally right. remember that. Right, right. With, with that with that whole uh, Purple Rain shit. It was right. like it was a lot so much gigantic. Um the album sold to this day over 25 million copies since 1984. And it's been 13 times platinum. 13 times. That's you know right. what that is. Well, isn't a million platinum? Yeah. So now it's 25. Yeah. Platinum. So it keeps it's going huge. and going. Okay. The Grammy for Best Rock Vocal Performance that year by a duo or a group went to him. Yeah. Uh, and uh, also the Best Score Soundtrack he got an Oscar for. Yeah. Yeah. Now, here's an interesting little tidbit. I always, you know, he had a few yeah. songs go to number one of the uh, yeah. billboards. Well, Purple you know? Rain uh, yeah. went to number two. Yeah. Let's Go Crazy and When Doves Cry went to yeah. number one. Yeah, they went to number one. Yeah. The album was to number one. And also, this album stayed in the chart for 122 weeks, which is something so like two not years. too many people yet. And it was a great album. You, you know, here's another funny thing. This was the third album I ever bought in my life. Really? It was the Purple Rain soundtrack. Okay, and now, I, I remember you... I re, let, let, let's talk about that for a second. I remember you said the first album you ever bought was Men at Work Cargo? Yeah. What was the second? Um, Michael Jackson, Off the Wall. Okay, and then this one. And then this one. Uh, so those were pretty much... Uh, this, that's, like, pretty much what my parents would let me get. Yeah. Because they were, like... We don't want you to listen. And Prince was, like, a little edgy that I was, like... Yeah. Yeah, and it I, was like, what the hell are you listening to? Right, <laughs> right. I, 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 and, I mean, I remember my mother <laughs> asking me back in like, you know, 1999, <laughs> what the hell is that? You yeah. know what I mean? What are you listening to? But that was actually on the radio, so she couldn't say much. But I remember, what was it? This yeah. album started, did it be love? We got it here today for a thing called love. And, uh, and it was fucking, it was fantastic. That, you could play that album and you yeah. could go for hours. There, there, there was some crazy lyrics and a few songs on Purple and, Rain. And, and that remember? first, the fucking first song. Oh, let's go crazy! Like, how can you not? That's the way you started the album. Oh well, yeah, with the, it was like no, no, shit. it was the, the, the whole organ with dearly beloved. It's fucking fantastic. <laughs> We're gathered here yeah. to like a funeral. It was great to get through this thing it's called life. life. You know, when you hear that, it just I don't know. I like it. I always the I afterlife. Always like it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, going into it, but. There was a song on there that, that drove people crazy because it was de- nasty as hell called Darling Nikki. Oh, I don't think okay. so. That's a fantastic now, song. Now, the line in there, you know, uh, masturbating with a magazine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, interesting little note is Tipper Gore, arch nemesis of, of everybody. Yeah. Okay. Started the PMRC over that song because she caught her daughter listening to it. Oh, my God. Okay. So all that stuff that we had in the 80s with, with the PMRC, Parents Music Resource Center, for you young people that don't know this, it was it was a group of senators' wives, Tipper Gore, Al Gore's wife, yeah. started it, a bunch of others that were going to sit around and decide what we, what, should we, what we should listen to, what's offensive, what's not, and they were going to put stickers on things. Now, this was the beginning of the end because they won. There's, there are stickers on things because of this. Oh, now. yeah, there is. Okay. You know, uh, and it went over to video games right after that. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, Tipper Gore, definitely evil bitch, okay, because of that. 
I remember that. Yeah, because the album was like so controversial. Yeah, man. it was yeah. like it got a lot of shit, man. Oh man. Another thing, you know what was funny? Um, the album was um the album they recorded the album from August 14, from August 4th, 1984 to January 18, 1985, is when they were recording the album. No, it came out. It came out in '84, not '85. I mean, 80, I mean '83, '84. I, mean, I mean, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, '83 yeah, to '84. Yeah, because it came out in like June or July of '84. It came out in like May, May. Okay, May something. Okay, but now, uh, now this album was weird because they filmed the album in three locations. Yeah. They did some in the studio in L.A. in um, First Avenue, right? Yes. They did another place called. The warehouse in Minnesota. Also, then they also did a record plant in New York City, and then they went to Sunset Sound in Hollywood, California. You're, well, you're talking about the film. You're talking about the album. The, the album, record, the they, record plant they, is a, is they, a recording they, studio. Yeah. Because yeah. I think they were while they were filming the movie, they went to all these places, so they were also doing the album at the same time. You, you ever listen to it? It has almost a live feel to it. Yeah. Like it, like it's you're at the show. Yeah. Some, some of them have that feel, that, that album, yeah. You want to hear this crazy about this album? It was in the Grammy Hall of Fame and was added to the Library of Congress National Recording Regi- uh, um, Registration. So really? this album is like a historic album. It's considered a historic, a historic album. album. Well, and it the, is. And the album was nine songs and it ran 40, 43 minutes and 51 seconds. And like, you know what, it's, it's a solid hour, but it's a solid 45 minutes of great music. Yeah. Because between those nine, those nine songs, it's not a bad song. Yeah. Even the, even the bad one is better than anything nah. anybody else can bring out. <laughs> now, do you remember the Lemmy documentary? Yeah. Do you remember how Lemmy shits on Prince? Yes. Somebody asked him, what do you think? And he yeah. was like, I saw Hendrix already? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, you now, know, he was, for a minute there, almost like the second coming of Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. It, it was a bit of a rip-off kind of thing. He really wasn't, you know, he was playing the... The, the, the same guitar very similar guitar uh, the scarves and all that shit but it, I don't know I like it and, and do, think, you, do you, do you remember Prince was on a different level than Henry Henry was great but Prince was also he was no slouch no he's no he was no second fiddle I think no. I think the problem they compare him is that, that was the only thing you could compare him to yeah, because he was, was a black guy else. playing guitar yeah. with an afro, yeah, you know, there was nobody you know else. big head, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's all it was. That's all it was. But do you remember uh, there was that? I, I think it was People magazine, or or maybe it was Rolling Stone, but I think it was People that put they juxtaposed Prince and Michael Jackson the same time on the cover, yeah. and it was like which one's bigger, right? And I, you know, I remember seeing that going like, well, they're different. They're different. They're different. I mean, and I do like Prince better than Michael Jackson. You know what the thing? You, like, you know what? This I'm breaking down to you. Prince was a little bit to me. Prince was more rock and roll. Yeah. And um, and Michael Jackson was the king of pop. He was not rock and roll. He was pop. Self-proclaimed king of pop. He, he, <laughs> he called himself. I mean, that's how he was the king of pop. Well, yeah. Nobody, for they, for they, a while there, he I mean, was. There yeah. was nobody selling albums like he no, was. Nobody. No. It was nobody was even if, the if, same league. If, if that's, that's the, what I'm if, saying. If that's the definition of pop, then yes, yeah. I agree. That's what it is. I it's agree. Like he sold more popular albums music. than it. popular music. He yeah. sold more albums, even his shit albums. So, <laughs> to me, the best Michael Jackson album is off the wall. I would agree. You know. As far as his solo stuff, yeah, which I can't really listen but to then, that much. But, but then people think Thriller was the greatest album no. just because it had so many songs and people love that. That's an album I can say, you know. 
but I still say. I, I, I actually had off the wall too. To me, okay, to yeah, me yeah, off I the remember, wall I was when, yeah, I got it when it came but out. But the, the Purple Rain was a historic album. Purple Rain yeah. was just, you know, it was such a fucking like it, like it was like the movie. It starts, it was upbeat, and then it ends like you know, it ends just right. You know, it's like it, it does. There. You know, he he got his shit together. Yeah. He gets the girl. You know, it's a ha- it's a happy ending. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I I, I think also. That album was kind of like a peak for him, yeah. okay, because it was really him entirely, him, everything, you know, yeah. it, you know the, it was all, the movie was his idea, the script was his idea, everything was all him, yeah. you know, it was just, he bared his soul to everybody yeah. with that. Um, do you remember the, the album after that? What was the album? The one, Around the World in a Day? And, yeah. Okay. I really didn't get that album. I, I, I actually think that that's his last good album. You know I, what I, album I love? I love the um, um, Diamond and Pearls. Diamond and Pearls. I, I just, I he, he, to me, I tuned out after Raspberry Beret. Like, that was the single off of... I think that's a great pop song. I think it's a great... Now, he 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 did something interesting, just to mention quickly. The video was great, too, yeah, remember? Yeah, he did something interesting, because when that album, Around the World in the Day, was going to come out, they, they, were, they, were, they were hyping it. Oh, when's the new Prince album? It was, you know, 10 days to the new Prince album. Come MTV was hyping it. And then he comes out with, like, this psychedelic, okay, uh... You know, it was almost the album cover is almost a throwback to Sgt. Pepper. Oh yeah, okay. I, that was, I yeah. do remember that. Yeah, album. yeah, yeah. And, and you know, Raspberry Beret was almost psychedelic '60s sounding, and nobody expected that. They no. wanted a, a you know an R&B funk album, even though even though you could say Purple Rain is psychedelic too. Yeah, I think it is. You know, but it went a little bit further with that with Around the World in a Day. After that, I kind of tuned out. I just felt like, you know, then when he changed his name to the symbol, I'm like, I, I, I think right, what happened know. was when that, when uh, after Diamond, I think the thing, he just went down. Like, it wasn't, he wasn't really taking, reading really good stuff. What's, he was taking out, like, hits, but not, think, like, anything. Like, do you think it was, it was drugs? It was, like, sapping his creativity? I don't know. He was also going to, like, a different thing with love. Like, I think he got divorced and married during that time. Didn't he go through some weird something, shit with yeah, that? Yeah, something oh, happened. Oh, the girlfriends. He was going through some weird shit. Well, he was, shit. He, was going, I mean, he was with Sheena Easton for a yeah. while. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um... Another hot woman. Oh, she was. Um, especially with him. Um, they had that song, uh... You Got the Look. Yeah, You Got the Look. You Got the Look. Right? Yeah, that was Something great. like that, yeah. right? Uh, and then, uh... Remember he had that song, Cream... Queen, yeah. <laughs> Queen. yeah, that was a great song too. I'm yeah, well, you. he he, you know, I, I didn't pay attention to what he did much in the end, towards the end of his life. But it, when I heard that he died, I was kind of bummed. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that's that's a big loss right there. Yeah, I was more bummed about that than Kobe. Oh, I went there. <laughs> <laughs> The only thing that's tragic about the Kobe is that those other poor people died. Yeah, his daughter, his family, and, and everything. And his everything daughter. else in that other family that died. You know, yeah. fucking. Yeah. You know, you gotta fucking if you have loved one, hug him, tell them you yeah. love him, and really, yeah, I mean, the Kobe thing is very tragic. It's and, fucking tragic. And, you know, live, live, live your life like it's the last day, people. And then you still got people shitting on him, calling him a rapist. But you know what? The, that, it was that, never proven. It was never proven. It actually, it, if it was, it probably I think he just made it go away. They just paid it, lady. I think it made you it know, go away. You so, know, some people have the fight in them, and some people don't. Yeah. Okay, he had a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And he could say, "Listen, I, I'll just 
not don't want to deal with this, I'll pay this person off, and that's yeah. what he did. Now, some people may say that means he's guilty. Well, you know, Michael Jackson did the same thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, a lot of people have done the same uh, thing. A lot of people have done that. Does that mean you're guilty? Not every time. So, if you don't know, shut up. Yeah. Basically, you don't you don't know. And he actually, his wife stayed with him. Yeah. Okay. And uh, he, yeah, he had, had two, had four had beautiful four daughters. He got a six month, six six month old yeah, baby. baby. Yeah, yeah that's still his baby. baby. Yeah. Very so, sad. Very, very sad. sad. Another no. tragic in 2020, man. People are going, People man. People are dropping. Yeah. Also, the fucking guy from Matt, Ma- Monty Python. Like, yeah, Terry Jones. Yeah. Terry Jones like, from Monty Python died. Yep. yep. So, shit's happening in 2020. He was talented. All right. So, Mike, what do we have for us um, this week? Album of... Oh, we weren't even going to do well, Album of the yeah, Week. Yeah, this is the Album of the Week always. Yeah. You know, this is the go-to and for And the song album. of the week, I think, is Let's Go... Let's Get Crazy. Fuck that. Doll and Nicky. Darling Nick is Masturbating great. Masturbating with a magazine. Yeah, but you don't want all the children. You don't want all the youth to start listening to that so they might get really fucked up, especially the new generation. Oh, my God. <laughs> the outrage community. No, yeah, I got no comment with that. No comment with that. The outrage community. <laughs> so how can we find you, Rocker Mike? Rocker Mike. It's uh, Rocker Mike 212 on Instagram and then Rocker Mike 3 on Twitter. And my name is Michael Baker, B-A-K-E-R, on Facebook. Rob. And remember, people, Rob happy, or Black, oh, well, happy well, Black History Month, first of all. Right, all. when you're seeing this, it's going to be the third week of uh, February. Black, yeah, Black History yep. Month. And, and we just wanted to say Happy Black, Black History, History Month. Month. Um, and I you can find me on Twitter. Instagram, Facebook, getting lumped up. Anything lumped Anything up? Anything getting lumped I'm up? Pretty much, His pretty face much is right in. there. My face His is right there. And uh, soon we're probably going to have a page for the Rock Source, so you can send any comments. Twenty twenty, you're going to see a lot of improvement with us. I yeah. think uh, we're really putting a lot into this. We got a few things lined up that, if it materializes, we'll tell you about it. Yeah. Um, we got a busy week here. You'll see us Facebook Live uh, today, tomorrow, and Wednesday. Yeah. Um, a lot of shows. A lot of shows. And some of these, you know, you'll catch them Facebook Live, but then they'll be re-shown in a few weeks. Yeah, on YouTube. On YouTube. So if you don't buy then you can always listen to the recording. We got over 186 um, shows. Yeah. With the whole uh, game. An- An- Anchor FM is one of them. They have all the podcasts listed in yeah. a row. You could check him out. We've been doing this now for me and him for a year. He's a year. been doing it a little bit longer. Yeah. Uh, with John and uh, yeah, it's something we love doing. Yeah. And remember, people, don't get, get drunk, drunk, get, get lumped, lumped up. up. I thought that was a good.